Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. I am, of course, Alex, your host, and today we are going to talk about credit. Having good credit is a necessary tool if you plan on buying a home, a car, or even trying to get a good job or apartment. More specifically, today I am going to go over the distinctions between your credit report and your credit score, what those are, and give you some credit resources to help you learn a little bit more and stay on top of your credit. So stick around. You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host. All righty, so today, let's talk about consumer credit. Most people have heard of their credit report or their credit score, And just about all of them know that to have it be high is a good thing. But how many people really understand what it is and what goes into it? I'm sure there's a survey out there somewhere that would give us an idea, but I'm going to go ahead and bet that most people haven't received a Credit Reporting 101 course. So that's why I'm here. To put it as simply as possible, your credit score and credit report are an online review of you as a borrower. Have you ever gone to Yelp or Google to see how a restaurant has been rated before going to eat there for the first time? Maybe you Googled a place and saw it had one star out of five and decided, you know what, maybe I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, that's exactly what your credit report is. In America, every time you open some form of credit account, typically a credit card or a loan, the information is reported to these companies that are known as credit bureaus. Now, there are three of them in the United States. You have Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. These three bureaus can also be referred to in our example as the Google or Yelp of the credit world. Companies send details about their interactions with you to the credit bureaus, and they keep track of it. Something to note here is that even if you don't have a loan or a credit card with a company, those companies can still report delinquencies in your account to the credit bureaus. For example, if you're late on paying your phone bill or maybe your electric bill, Your phone company or electric company can report you as being late to the bureaus, which will end up going on your report and will end up hurting your rating. So what do the bureaus really do? First, they collect all of your debt data from companies that you do business with and turn it into a full report on your entire credit history. And then they turn around, take that report, and sell that to whoever would want it. Whenever you apply for a loan or a credit card, Those companies that you're trying to get the loan or credit card with have to pay the bureaus for your credit report and or your credit score. Now, what information gets reported to the bureaus? Well, in the case of debt, the biggest pieces of information are the original amount you borrowed, your monthly payment, if it's a credit card, what your maximum balance can be, the dates that your account was opened and or closed, and your payment history. The information stays on your report for as long as you have the account open and for about seven years after you close the account. Your credit report is typically a typed out format that's at least three pages long, but can be very much longer depending on your history with debt and how many accounts you have. Personally, I've seen credit reports be as long as 17 pages. And in case anyone is curious, the couple that has the record for the most amount of credit cards I've seen had 27 cards between the husband and wife. The highest amount of credit card debt I've seen was about $115,000, which, FYI, these were different couples. 
So while your credit report is typed out in several pages long, you also have your credit score. Now to me, the credit score is the most interesting part of this entire process. Your credit score is simply a three digit number, typically between 300 and 850. Your credit is considered exceptional if you're 850 to 800. You're considered excellent if you're between 800 and 740. And you have good credit from 740 to 670. If you have below a 670, uh, there's going to be some room for improvement and you may have a hard time getting the best interest rates on your loans and credit cards. Your credit score, in a nutshell, is a numerical representation of the entirety of your credit report. Think of it like this. If you were doing research to decide, should I eat at this new restaurant or not, you can go and find detailed critic reviews, read some written reviews left by customers, or you can just go and see how many stars they have out of five. If you see a one-star restaurant, sure, you can still go and look for the written reviews and whatnot, but chances are you're just going to pass just seeing that one star. Your credit score works the same way. Sure, a potential lender is likely going to read through the entirety of your credit report and then kind of glance at your score, but if you have a 550 credit score, they aren't going to be too eager to approve you. Now, that's going to be a different situation if you're talking about landlords or employers. Nowadays, many landlords are requesting your credit score to see how well you handle debt. The thought process here is that if you fall behind on paying your bills, you're likely to have a bad credit score because all the companies you've fallen behind with will have reported it to the bureaus and it's going to reflect in your score. So if you're applying to rent an apartment and they see you have a bad credit score, they're going to assume you're going to be a risky person to rent their apartment to and that they're likely going to have to chase you down every month for rent. This isn't me saying that. This is the general thought process. How about an employer? An employer might request your credit be pulled because they want to make sure they're not hiring someone with money troubles. This is especially true if you're in any kind of financial career. The thought process here being that if you have a low credit score, you likely have money troubles. And if you likely have money troubles, you're a higher risk for stealing from the company or potentially worse in order to help alleviate some of those problems. So let's get to the interesting part. How is your credit score calculated? Well, the calculations themselves are considered corporate secrets. No one that provides a credit score will tell you the exact formula because if they told you the exact formula, you could do the math yourself and then how could they make money off of you? Each company also calculates your score differently, which is why each person probably has half a dozen to a dozen different credit scores. Remember this, your credit report should have the exact same information across all of the credit scoring companies. The score is different because each of their calculations are different. For example, Experian may deduct 10 points for a late payment, while TransUnion might only deduct five. It's things like that that'll give you the different score. The undisputed king of credit scores is known as your FICO score. FICO, or F-I-C-O, is short for the Fair Isaac Corporation. Fair Isaac creates credit scoring models and is widely regarded as the best. Something to keep in mind here is that the models change every now and then to better reflect people's creditworthiness. As of this recording, we are currently on FICO version 9 for credit scoring. This is important to keep in mind because there are numerous small credit companies that will offer your credit score for free. Specifically, let's talk about Credit Karma. Credit Karma is a website that provides free credit scores to everyone with an account, which it's a free account. As with every time a company offers you something for free, there's a catch. 
The catch here is that you aren't getting your quote-unquote actual score. I went to Credit Karma and had them give me my score. When you get yours, you will notice that right under the score on the Credit Karma site, there is a note telling you which model was used in calculating your score. For me, I got what is known as a Vantage score, and it was version 3. A few notes here. Vantage score is not a model managed by the Fair Isaac Corporation and is therefore not a FICO score. Vantage score is a separate model that was created by the three bureaus. As of this recording, the latest version of Vantage score is 4.0. So yes, you get a credit score for free, but it is not your FICO score, and it is not even the latest version of the model you are getting a credit score for. So what does that mean? Honestly, not that much. The changes between models and versions of each model are not huge. Maybe we're looking at a 40-point swing up or down. It's not that big of a deal, but keep in mind that when you get your score for free and you're on the borderline between having poor versus good credit or good versus excellent credit, that the difference in models may cost you more than you thought. You may have thought you had excellent credit, but because you're using an older model, when they pull your credit for real, you might actually be in the good category, so you might get charged a higher interest rate than you thought you were going in there to get. So now that we've talked about credit reports and credit scores, I wanted to take some time on this episode and cover some resources to help you out. Since we already talked about them, let's start with Credit Karma. Besides what I've said earlier about your score not being as accurate as you would probably like it to be, the site does offer a great way for you to check your report for free and give you a ballpark estimate of what your score is looking like. The next one that I think would be an excellent overall resource for your financial life, as well as a specific resource for credit, is NerdWallet. NerdWallet is a financial website that posts all kinds of articles to help you understand more of the financial world, not unlike what I'm doing here. However, you should be aware that NerdWallet makes its money by earning a commission when they get people to sign up for various financial services, such as bank accounts or credit cards. Remember that you are there to learn and not shop for your newest credit card, because they're going to put those advertisements in your face. But besides them showing you various financial products that they're trying to push on you, the site does have some really good content. This next one is one that I've talked about before on the show, but I'll mention them again. It is the CFPB website. That is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Among other things, they have some great resources on consumer education, as well as its own section for credit reports and credit scores. They're a fantastic resource for a lot of financial topics. However, something to be aware of when you're on their website is that a lot of their content is skewed to the negative because their mission is to protect consumers from predatory financial companies. So you'll notice they talk about the cons a lot more than the pros, but that's because their website, their whole goal is, hey, watch out for this. So they're going to give you great information. Just be aware they're a little bit of a negative Nancy. The last one I'm going to cover is likely the most important one that you're going to want to write down. This one is annualcreditreport.com. In one of the few moments of wisdom for the U.S. government, the powers that be decided that you have the right to view your credit report for free, but not all the time. By U.S. federal law, each of the three credit bureaus is required to supply you with a free copy of your credit report once per year. Now, there are two different strategies that you can use this. The first is that you can pull all three of your reports, one from each bureau, at the same time and check your credit once per year across the board with everyone. Or you can spread them out so that you can pull your credit once every four months. So maybe you pull Experian every January, TransUnion every April, or so on and so forth. 
That way you are still getting your one credit report per year per company, but you're spreading it out so that you can get the quote unquote official report every four months as opposed to every year. The choice is yours, honestly. With all the free resources out there, it can go either way. Now, remember, the only way that you can get these reports from the Bureau for free is through the website annualcreditreport.com. Every now and then, there's some sort of scam where someone creates a similar-sounding website and just tries to steal your information. These get shut down, but just be aware that this is a thing. So, for example, you might see freeannualcreditreport.com. No, it's annualcreditreport.com. So please be sure when you're going to the site that you're double checking the website when you look it up. And I'm actually going to link that site as well as all the other resources I mentioned in the description below. And with all that, I think we are just about ready to get out of here. Now, don't think I'm done with the subject of credit. This episode was more of a high-level overview into the subject. Over the next few weeks, I'm planning on having some deep-dive episodes into more specific facets of the consumer credit industry to give you a little bit more detail. Now, I do want to leave you with this. Remember that I pay my bills by working as a credit analyst for a bank. And I can tell you that, to us, there is not much of a difference between a credit score of an 850 versus a credit score of 800, or even really, to a lesser extent, a 750. As long as you're above a 725, your credit score shouldn't be a problem in you getting a good interest rate. Now, that depends very highly on what institution you are applying for credit with, but my point is this. Don't beat yourself up if you don't have a perfect 850. If you are at maybe a 750 or above, you're doing it right. You don't need to stress about having the perfect credit score. So with that, don't forget to shoot me any questions if you have them. Links are in the description below. Thank you for listening, and I will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.